Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine, Work, and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. One of the things I love most about the wine industry is that it's steeped in tradition and history, like a steadfast friend that you can count on. But the other thing I love about the wine industry is that it's constantly evolving and looking toward the future. And in today's episode, the future is so bright, you'll have to wear shades. I'm going to introduce you to Andrew Allison, CEO and founder of Kube Collective. Andrew and his team are blowing the lid off of the future by reinventing how we engage with wine. So strap your head on and join us on a journey to the future. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to Wine, Work, and Passion. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks so much for being here today. Can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? I am Andrew Allison. I'm the CEO of Cuvée Collective, and we are a wine NFT publisher for many wine brands in this space. Wow, NFT. That's a, that's a term we're going to talk a lot about in the coming, in the coming few minutes here. So... Um, I, I always like to let the audience know how we've connected. Um, oddly enough, I am friends with your mother-in-law, <laughs> Nia Landeras, who lives down the street from me here. And we've been friends for a long time. And she started talking about you. And I guess you were down in Silicon Valley and you married her daughter and and started telling me about this Cuvée Collective. And I started following you online. And I'm like, I don't, I kind of, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know what this is. And then you and I uh, met at a dinner at Nia's house, and it took you literally three minutes to get me on track and to help me understand what this is all about. And and I just I just love it. I I feel like the wine industry has kept me young, and it's for things like doing the podcast or doing Instagram or learning about NFTs that keep me going. So. I really appreciate uh, your explanation and for you to be here to share this all with with our wonderful audience. So thank you very much. So uh, to get us started, what uh, what did you have in your glass the last time you had wine? Uh, last time I had wine was last night. I had a newly released wine from Masscon um, mm-hmm. made by Dan Petrosky. So Dan Petrosky had a event in person last night and I swung by because we did Mascon's wine NFT. And so that actually dropped this week. So we filmed uh, a, a little bit of content with Dan this week, but he released a new white blend called Idlewild. And in that blend, it was absolutely delicious. I think it just went on sale today, but it is a Tokai Sauve Blanc Chardonnay, uh, Ribolio blend that was incredible. And wow. if you don't know, you don't know Mascon, highly recommend it. Dan was winemaker of the year uh, from San Francisco Chronicle, I think last year, the year before. And then he was, um, I mean, Dan does a ton of stuff. He's a big consulting winemaker as well, but 
uh, Mascon's known for being the only white wine winery in Napa, and he makes incredible wipes. Uh, so, yeah, go go check them out. I have to check those out. That's on. I'm. I love. I mean, I love my reds, but I love white wine. I don't know when that happened, but here I am. <laughs> so, okay. Well, all right. Let's let's talk about you. Uh, tell us all about you. Where you know where are you from? What's your background? And then ultimately, let's get to your journey into this interesting industry you're in. Yeah. So, um, my. Uh, I grew up in Napa. My family had a Cabernet vineyard on top of Atlas Peak. They had seven acres of cab. Uh, they were just vintners, um, which is um, a full-time job in itself. But we sold all of our fruit to uh, a bunch of the wine families that many folks would know. And I did my undergrad at Sonoma State. I graduated with a degree in wine and finance. Right out of Sonoma State, I sold a mobile application to the liquor distributor, Young's Market Company. And that was right at the start of the App Store. And so right as the App Store was starting, uh, many of the app developers knew each other. And we quickly realized that nobody was building enough tooling for other apps. So we went and built a business called Vungle, which we sold to the Blackstone Group uh, for $800 million. So I was on the founding team. I was not a founder of Vungle. But if you've seen an ad in an app, there's a very good chance that was Vungle's technology that was running that. And so Vungle was our largest commercial success. Um, we've gone on to work in the mobile app ecosystem for the years following our transition out of Vungle. And so most recently, and our most current business one of the early Vungle team members and myself co-founded Cuvée Collective. And so my co-founder is a full stack engineer, handles the engineering side of the house. On my side of the house, it's the commercial side. And so what we've done is we've partnered with many wine brands to make their NFT collections. So just like a winery might sell merch as incremental revenue, we're giving them an opportunity to have a turnkey solution to offer NFTs to their consumers as well. Okay, so you say merch, you, you're talking about merchandise. So Yes, yeah, that's right. And, sorry, I'm always going to go back to make sure the audience knows what we're talking about. Okay, so wow. So you went to Sonoma State for wine, for business and finance. How did you get into the technology thing? Uh, I think we were mobile curious back. So when I started college, we were on feature phones. And then when we graduated from college, the app store had just come out. And so making software for phones that anyone could download for free was just really fun. And we were really curious in the space. And so I think that's where the technology bug started and always, always was super interested in the alcohol space. And so the app that we sold to Young's Market allowed you to go bar hopping in Northern California, and you could see a live stream of the bar before you got there. So we went around connecting cameras to Wi-Fi. This is way before like Nest or any of the home camera systems. So you could see how busy the bar was and you'd get this really grainy feed of if there was a line at the bar or not. And so we were selling selling ad space to the liquor companies in our mobile app and there was no standard structure. And we knew that all the free to... Um, all the free apps were going to need ad infrastructure. 
so as soon as we sold this business, um, you know, like hardly a meaningful exit. But when we sold this business, we're like, we should go work on infrastructure. And so now many of the free apps uh, worldwide use the infrastructure that we went on to go build. It's so funny that you say, you know, it's right at the beginning of the app store, because I can tell you exactly, you know, how there's monumental times in life when, you know, like when the first man landed on the moon, everybody knows where they were. Well, I can tell you the exact moment I used an app for the very first time. I was sitting at a Hands restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio with my husband, and the waiter was telling me about apps and how you could do all this stuff. And he says, you know, you could even look up what movie's playing at the movie theater here in the mall. And I'm like, really? And he showed me this app and we were going to the movies that night. And it literally changed my world. <laughs> Such a simple thing in that moment, but it, it stuck with me because I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. So, okay. All right. Wonderful. Now you used a word that I think we have to take some time with here, an NFT. And I know that stands for a non-fungible token. Can you tell our audience what an NFT is and how it relates to your business? Sure. I'd be more than happy to. I think having the greater context of what the blockchain is, is really important to understanding an NFT or truly understanding an NFT. So if we rewind the clocks and talk about Web 1, Web 2, and Web 3, these are the different phases that the internet has gone through or is going through. And so web one, this is back in the nineties. This is when you could go to a website and you could read information. Web one for the average consumer was read only. You can read something on the internet and that was it. In, in the two thousands after the dot-com bust web two came and that was user generated content. So consumers could generate content, you could post, you can leave reviews, you can post videos, you can interact with other people in chat rooms. That was robust Web 2. So we are at the peak of Web 2 now, where we're starting to see the dawn of Web 3. And so if Web 1 was read-only, Web 2 was user-generated content, the blockchain is empowering Web 3 which is proof of digital ownership. And so the word blockchain is very daunting to many people, but once it's explained as an open ledger, that's usually a light bulb moment for many folks. So if you understand how a ledger might work in accounting, where there's debits and credits, Web3 is an open ledger where everybody could see who has debits and credits on the blockchain. and that is where an NFT comes in. The actual entries on the blockchain could be cryptocurrencies, or it can also be non-fungible tokens. So ledger entries that are unlike any other entries, but you can prove how many non-fungible tokens there are on the blockchain. So that's verbiage and usage of how an NFT might exist on the blockchain. But very simply put, it's a way to prove rarity and anybody on the internet can look it up. And so when we talk, when we talk about rarity with NFTs and as it pertains to wineries, we can prove that we made 125 Massacon wine NFTs because it could be looked up on the internet. 
<laughs> Cute little doggy. So, okay, this is making sense because the first time I ever heard an, about an NFT was when some famous digital artist sold his NFT, his original NFT. And I thought, if it's digital, how would they prove that it was the very first one, that it was original? And you just kind of explained that. Yeah. And so when people had that landslide moment, that was one of the big bang moments in Web3 that validated that people were willing to spend at incredible figures of money to purchase NFTs. Um, There's actually quite a few of those events, but that's one of the ones that caught the mainstream press to actually cover it. Yeah, it was all Um, over the news. Exactly. And so that's where the crossover is happening right now. That's the at the cutting bleeding edge is where mainstream press is covering the blockchain more and more. You know, those silly memes you see on the internet where people are like talking about this new thing called the internet. Well, that's what's happening now with the blockchain is this, it's going to change the way that people operate on the internet. And we're just now discovering new ways that the blockchain is going to impact different industries. So I do think that it's new and it's educational for many folks, but the fundamental technology allows many people to have the opportunity to see digital ownership and prove rarity. And in the wine industry, things like allocation lists could potentially be be proven via the blockchain. And so, you know, not to lead this conversation astray, but have you ever been on a plane and, and you missed your allocation email and then it sold out and now you're off the allocation list? Well, you know, like that's stuff that's happened to me, but why is my spot in the allocation list and my long-term customer loyalty not being considered I should have an asset that holds my spot. And so, you know, there's many ways that the blockchain might shape the wine industry. The way that we're starting is we're just helping wineries make NFT packages. But I think the blockchain is going to fundamentally change the wine industry within the next 10 years. Yeah, you know, it it does sort of give give value to things that were hard to put a value on, it sounds to me. At least that's from where I'm sitting, that's what it sounds like. Give us an example of one of your NFTs. Can you do that? Can you tell us about an NFT package? Yeah. So our NFTs are, we're packaging them as wine NFTs. And so when you buy a wine NFT from one of the brands that we've partnered with, it comes with a rare wine allocation. So it's a wine that always sells out or is hard to get your hands on. It also comes with events and experiences. So a wine NFT, simply put, is wine allocations, events, and experiences, and it's bundled up into a package. And so when you work with a winery, we go out to the wineries, curate what we think the best package that they could put together. If you were going to shop these wine brands as an in-the-know consumer, we're taking a lot of the thinking out for the folks that might be considered normies normies in the space that might not have, have the eye to know what to ask for. And we think that by putting that little bit of extra effort into the curation, that we're putting these wine brands in a position to really lead with their best foot forward and also allowing them to meet a new generation of consumers that are NFT comfortable. And 
have a higher propensity of falling into their wine club or going through their sales funnel, so to speak. So uh, our wine NFTs provide incremental revenue, the brands we work with, and they also uh, act as user acquisition for their core clubs. So that's that's a little bit of how our wine NFTs are working today. So it's so it's very exclusive, although it it it's only it's exclusive to anyone who who buys one. And it, in other words, you don't have to be a celebrity to be able to do this, right? You, anybody can do it, and but it does give you exclusivity. And you know, it's really funny living here in Napa, as we both do. You know, I, I go to a lot of wineries. I've been doing that for years, and you go online and you book a, a tasting through their website and you just get the standard, you know, standard tasting. Generally, they're always very nice, but everyone always wonders what would it be like to be an insider? And, you know, having worked in the industry for a long time, I do get a lot of insider experiences. And I think, gosh, you know, you can't, you can't call a travel agent and book this kind of thing. But now there is a way for consumers to make their Napa experience highly specialized and really function like an insider and get that inside look into how things are are run here in Napa. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to always be super expensive. It's just knowing knowing the right way to get in. And, and this to me is what I think is the coolest thing for someone who's going to spend the kind of money it takes now to come visit Napa, you know, to, if you're going to do it, do it upright. I mean, this is VIPs experiences. The ones I've seen on your website anyway, are really kind of mind blowing and, and they include wine. So you're getting tangible things besides just the experience uh, for your investment. So can you talk about, can you give us a specific NFT? Like we're talk about maybe Robert Craig or um, Massacan or something like that. Yeah. So um, we want to consider consumers from afar as well. And so Mm -hmm. Our NFTs come with great physical experiences and digital experiences, yeah. and we want our NFTs to be price point approachable as well. So, uh, on the on the lower end, we might do NFTs in the like low hundreds, like hundred, two hundred dollar price point, and then on the higher end, we might do something closer to a thousand. I think the goal of the NFT is to be shaped around what the winery's best foot forward could be. And so we've lined up for the rest of the year, a weekly NFT drop from a different brand. And it's very early. So we're building and learning. And if you're in our community at cuvecollective.com, you've got the opportunity to participate in guiding us through community voting and also the opportunity to uh, encourage us to focus on the brands that you would want to do an NFT collection with. So all that to say is Robert Craig was, uh, we only did 50 NFTs, 51 NFTs for Robert Craig at a higher price point of $1,000 each. And then on the other side of the coin, we did Mascon, which was 125 NFTs at a price point of 169 each. And I think both are very illustrative of how an NFT package or program could be different per winery. In the Robert Craig example, they have a tasting room in downtown Napa. That's where they push their core consumers to. But if once we got in there and started working with the brand, we identified 
They have a private estate winery on top of Howl Mountain that they very seldomly open up to anybody, if ever. And so if you buy the Robert Craig wine NFT for the $1,000 price point, you get a private tasting for you and five of your friends, so six people, to go taste library wines at their winery on top of Howl Mountain, which is you know the best views in Napa. So Robert Craig has put something that is totally off menu into their NFT program. And you get a a bottle of wine or the wine allocation for Robert Craig is they make 300 bottles a year, if they even do it, uh, of Robert's Block, which is their estate Cabernet. And so it's only um, in the best years that they even make Robert's Block. But Robert's Block is totally one of the, the wines that is just nearly impossible to get a hold of. And they set aside 51 bottles for our NFT holders. And so that is what's super exciting about the Robert Craig offering. But on the Mascon side, Mascon is a digital first brand in the sense that um, they don't have a brick and mortar and they have a very famous winemaker. And so with um, the Mascon offering, there's two bottles of wine that are coming from a sold out collection. So Dan Petrowski, the winemaker, pulled this wine from his collection and he, and he set aside 200 bottles for or, uh, 250 bottles for our NFT holders. And you get two bottles of sold out wine and wines that's been sold out. And you get a virtual tasting with Dan wherever you are. So I think every NFT comes with really unique, not to use an insider word, utility. You get really unique offerings in each one. And so what we try to do is we try to right size the price point for what you're getting with the offering. Robert Craig being $1,000 per NFT sounds like a lot, but then you break it up into, oh, it's a six-person tasting of library wines that are no longer on the menu. And then you and start that's to- that's probably $200. If, if they could book it, which they can't, if they could book it directly, that's a, that's several hundred dollars per person to begin it, with, if, if they could even get yeah, it. Exactly. Right. So our, our NFTs are usually like, um, well, I, I know what's coming down the pipe, but uh, our, our NFTs are at least like 50% under what the retail value of what the actual offering would be if they ever offered it, but they don't. But because we've curated it into collections and dropping them on a weekly basis, we have a, a group of millennial and Gen Z consumers that are just super excited to come experience Napa in a way that they haven't. So yeah, I, I think it's new. It's new for many people and we're building and learning, but we have some really, really exciting brands to to you know, bring to market over over the next year or so. Yeah, I, I mean, I I have to say that Robert Craig one kind of blew my mind when I saw what you get for it. You know, like you say, it sounds like a lot of money, but if there's six of you, it's nothing. I mean, it's really for Napa prices, it's really not ex- expensive at all. So so you're going to have a new NFT dropping every week. You said right from a different winery, and when they're mm-hmm. gone, they're gone. Like you said, what'd you say? You have fifty of fifty one of the Robert Craig experience. So once those are out, you move on, right? There, yeah. you can't go, there's no going back. Now, would you do another one with them, say, next year if it, since it went so well? Yeah, I, I think the, um, this is where the community can really participate in the vote. I think that the idea would be to add an NFT program to every winery in a way that it feels approachable from the winery side of things. But from a community side of things, the community will give us the guidance that they want to. And and this is another thing with online communities is that your community should really be helping drive your roadmap. It shouldn't be unilateral decision-making from, from the org itself. And that is um, 
a level of control that Web2 companies had been reluctant to give up. But we're building our company very transparently and in the open, like good, bad, or otherwise. You could come jump in our Discord and like see what's going on at all hours of the day. Will we do a, an annual drop for each brand? Um, yeah, hopefully. But if the if the community steers us in a different direction, I think our ambitions are to expand to all 55 major wine regions of the world and be dropping NFT collections in all of them. Uh, we're aiming really large with this company, but we're we're in very, very early beginning stages of this business. We're less than a year old. Um, so, you know, it's it, you need to back in your ambitions into like execution. Right. So um, you say the community, you can join the community on your website, right? For free. Yeah. And you just can sign up for yeah. it. And, and these NFTs, so the person who purchases them, they own it and they can use it when they want. Like it's not something like you're not buying, it's not like buying a ticket to a harvest dinner that's on a certain night, right? They can they can save it for forever, right? I mean, they don't. If they can't come for a year, they can't come for a year, correct? Yeah, and totally. You can library your experience, or you can library your wine um, until you're ready to claim it. So we have a concierge desk that would help any of our NFT holders, um, you know, claim the utility of their NFT. And you would just work through our our team to, you know, and what we've actually seen is some people will ask for the wines now and store the experience for them the next time that they could come visit. And so right. we're, we're seeing different aspects of utilization now. And I think it's, um, it's a really exciting time to be building in this space. And we're working with so many people that have really good ideas. It, it's just our, our pain points around prioritizing the ones that we feel like we can deliver the best experience on. Right. And then like the Robert Craig, when you said they, they almost all come with some sort of a digital tasting experience. So you don't have to necessarily come to Napa to, to cash in on that one or to, to spend or execute on that one. Um, is that, so let's say I buy the NFT and, and I want my virtual tasting. Now you said there's 51 other people who are buying the NFT. Do I have to wait till all 50 people are available or do I just get my own private virtual tasting? You get your own private virtual tasting. So um, wow. the, the president and CEO of Robert Craig is the one who is would be hosting it. So Elton Sloan would be the one who would, um, our concierge desk would schedule a time that worked for you and him. And I think that, again, that's what's really unique is some of the folks that we're planning the digital tastings with are not the tasting room staff. You're talking to the people that are making the fruit decisions, working on the grapes, you know, running the organization. So we're making the digital experiences something that is completely understandable that if Elton Sloan did 51 private digital tastings, I can almost certainly tell you there's, you know, going to be very few other people that would have that opportunity because Elton's an extremely busy person running uh, such a, such a fast growing Napa brand. And same, same thing with Mascon's Dan Petrosky. So we've got 125 digital tastings on the cards for 2023 with Dan. And, you know, Dan's running and building, you know, one of the hottest brands in Napa. And so it's like these people are offering to commit to putting this on the blockchain to see that they're only going to do 125 of these. And so that's the beauty of the blockchain. And so you can now prove how rare the opportunity is. Right. And the reason I ask about that is, you know, because I want to showcase, again, it speaks to the 
the insider factor here, that this is not just somebody who works in the tasting room that's going to sit down on a Zoom call walking you through the wines, you know, like they do every day in Napa. This is this is all insider information. Um, and, you know, and I, I guess I've, I've been fortunate enough just in the industry, not through NFTs, but I've had a lot of those kinds of experiences. And the, it's nothing like uh, just a typical, I mean, the typical winery experiences are wonderful, but it's not like that. It's the, these types of things are really have so much more uh, value to them. So if I buy an NFT, can I sell it? Yeah. And so that's another great thing about NFTs is that if, if in our situation, say you want to have the tasting, but you don't want to use the digital tasting, just as an example, you want to use the in-person, but not the digital, um, our NFTs show which aspects have been consumed. And so you could then resell your NFT to somebody else. And so maybe somebody sees a lot of value in a digital tasting because they might live in Singapore and are not going to make it to Napa anytime soon. Right. But you live down the street, you could come to Napa anytime you want. So maybe you and your friends get together, you buy the, uh, you know, the, the NFT and then you sell it to your friend because he wants to use the digital tasting or she wants to use the digital tasting. NFTs on the blockchain have a secondary market and there's a worldwide market of what people want to buy, sell and, you know, what, what you value might be different, what somebody else can value. And that's another great reason why it's on the internet is so that you could find, uh, you know, like the other folks to consume the value you might not want to consume. All of our NFTs have a lifetime value, though, that if you hold any of our NFTs, even if you've used all the benefits, you will get priority access to future NFT releases from those brands. So if you own Robert Craig this year, future Robert Craig collections, you will get to shop before anybody else gets to shop them. Wow. And can you buy these NFTs and gift them? Like the holidays are coming, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you could buy these NFTs and gift them. You could buy these NFTs and flip them. It, you know, like there's many people that have many reasons to buy and sell NFTs. I, I think we would encourage folks to, you know, just buy them for themselves. But there's a whole secondary world out there of, of traders. Right. So as I'm sitting here, so, all right, who is your... Who is your target audience or who is your target consumer purchaser of NFTs? Who are you, who are you looking to engage with? Um, besides I think, everyone? Um, I think initially, and, and I think this is a, well, it depends. And I think it depends on what timeline you're looking on. Uh, initially, many of our customers are coming from the crypto ecosystem. However, I think long-term, and I would give a shout out to our, our development partner, Dapper Labs, um, long-term, I think we're going to be onboarding, um, wine enthusiasts that are really into wine. Uh, and we partnered with Dapper Labs. They make the famous NFT collection called NBA Top Shot, which has done like 1.2 billion in basketball NFTs. Um, we partnered with them and they gave us, uh, access to a bunch of their tooling. So we can offer wine NFTs for credit card checkout and Dapper Labs tools provide all the um, what's called KYC, the know your customer or AML anti-money laundering compliance that we need. And so as a small startup, having a great development or partner like Dapper Labs 
they will help us onboard more people into the Web3 ecosystem just by use of their tools. And so that's actually what they saw when they did NBA Top Shot, their NFT collection, two thirds of the consumers that bought Top Shot basketball cards were first time NFT holders and they just checked out with a credit card. I think that we're going to have the same tools be, we, or I should say this differently. We had the same tools that they used for NBA Top Shot, but we're bringing them to the wine industry. So we're able to bring on wine brands in a way that for consumers, it's just a credit card checkout. You don't need to worry about like this crypto wallet, that crypto wallet. Did I need to buy it in this currency or that currency? Like We take all the thinking out of it and we make the, the development for it really simple. It's a great way for a winery to add incremental revenue and new users to their community. So yeah, it, it's just, it's fun to bring new customers to wineries because the wine industry has traditionally struggled to reach younger generations. Right. And, and you, you really answered my next question because I was going to ask you if I want to engage um, and you know get involved in these NFTs, do I have to have any special technology? Do I have to have any special you know techno equipment? Do I have to have any special knowledge? And to your point, if I can just check out with my credit card like I normally do um, makes it a lot more inviting for, you know, somebody, you know, I mean, I've been around a while and, and although I will say after this conversation, I feel 10 years younger. (laughs) I really do. It's like, okay, now I understand something that I didn't really understand very well before. So, um, (laughs) so do they increase in value these NFTs or is there, that's just based on what the secondary market will, will be willing to pay for it. Right. Yeah, I think it's really subjective. I I don't think we would encourage anyone to use these as an investment vehicle or anything like that. Like you should be buying these packages, you know, for your own use. And think about it like librarying wine. Like you buy wine bottles for different reasons, a special occasion or a gift or whatnot. And we'd encourage people to to follow that that those guidelines. These are certainly not an an investment vehicle. Right. Gotcha. Well, so while we're talking so much about this. Let's take a second and tell the audience where and how they can engage with you and learn more about these NFTs and maybe even dip their toe in the NFT water. What's the best way to interact with you? You can come check us out at cuvecollective.com. And uh, we've got all of our social links there. Um, we currently have a Som TV reality series going. So if you're a Som TV subscriber or you can check out the episodes on our YouTube channel as well. Um, we've had some great write-ups in Wine Spectator. So I think there's there's a ton of ways to learn more about us if you're interesting or interested, but um, we're certainly available on social too. Like we're, we're one of the most accessible folks out there. We're building in the open. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of your partners. You know, I think the SOM TV thing is just a great opportunity to have the two worlds collide, the, the technology and, and the world of wine colliding. And I, I did watch uh, one of your one of your episodes on Som TV, and it, it's it's really interesting. I mean, it really it's a bit of a breath breath of fresh air. And like I said in, in way back in the intro, you know, we think of like drive down Highway 29, you've got these old traditional mansion looking buildings and lots of family names that go back generations and you know decades and and even centuries back. Um, but the wine industry has to keep moving forward. We, we have to, and we need this type of technology. We need people like you that have a vision 
for not, you know, you're, you're not changing the wine, you're just changing the way we engage in wine. And I think that that's amazing. And I've seen so many, like I'm looking at the Wine Industry Network Advisor right now on my computer here, and they did a feature article on you. Like you said, what, what you know, Wine Spectator, you're catching a lot of people's attention. Um, so I, I do, and I, you know, you can find a lot of this information on the Cuvée Collective website, but um, I just think, you know, if you have any inclination, you know, let's put it this way. If you own crypto, you need to have these, <laughs> like, that's just, that's a natural, I don't, I don't have any crypto, but I might now. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, if you're of the mindset that you have that open-mindedness to, to this type of thing, but I think between that, or if you really just want to be on the inside of Napa and get that experience that you, it's not pedestrian. I think that's really cool. Um, so is this the future of wine experiences through technology? Where do you see this going? Um, I, I can only answer for our business. I think that adding an NFT collection to the revenue portfolio of each wine brand felt like a natural first step. Web3 and online asset ownership is going to be a huge space. And so if you think of the wine industry as uh, this massive ecosystem, this felt like the most logical place for us to start. But mm -hmm. I think that there's going to be many great businesses that do Web3 building for the wine ecosystem. So working with many brands and adding an NFT collection to them, it feels like our business is very narrowly focused with one very deep moat of expertise. I think what we've built on our team is very unique to us and we can bring those values to our wine brand partners. But when I, when I think about how big Web3 is going to be and how it's going to change the, the wine industry... I'm very excited about some of the things many people are building, but I think this is just the first step for us. I do believe that, you know, on a, on a long-term bet, assets will become the leading conversation. And when I say assets, I'm talking about those wine club memberships and those uh, wine allocation lists. I believe that they will switch from liabilities, something you just subscribe to, right. or you get the opportunity to participate in. I think they will switch to consumer-based assets where you can hold a seat on a wine club, sell it to somebody else if you don't want to use it. I also think that if you are on the distribution list of a winery and you're holding that, you can either split your allocation with your friends or whatnot, but that, that all on the blockchain becomes much easier. So that that's my big yeah. pie in the sky forecast. So. Yeah, and, and I could see that happening. I mean, right now, if you go to a winery, they're always going to pitch you the idea of joining their wine club. And the wine club is going to include, you know, three or four shipments a year. You're, you know, you can bring three people to the winery two or three times a year. You know, there's, you get some perks to it. Maybe you get to a harvest party or something like that, where this is something. So it's really driven by the salesperson selling you on the idea. Where exactly. I think this is going to be, like you say, sought after by the consumer. Um, the consumer is going to go looking for wineries that offer NFTs because it's deeper, it's more personal, it's more specific, and it's limited. It really is a limited offer. And I think that that's, that's pretty important. You know, as you're talking, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit there are times in my life and, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of technology come and go. And 
it always scared me. Like anytime something new would happen, um, it would, you know, the first time you turn on a computer, I remember the first time I turned on a computer, I remember, you know, switching from a Blackberry to my iPhone and I, I let it sit in the box for a month because I was afraid to turn it on. And, you know, but, but then you see how it's so life-changing and I can think of a, a very few things. GPS comes to mind, really changed my little life. Um, and just a funny story, just to talk about the evolution of technology. I remember when I was in my twenties and I was living in California, um, we didn't have cell phones. There was no cell phones. And so, and calling long distance was very expensive. So my mom and I used to send cassette tapes to each other. We just talked about nothing and send it to each other. And we thought we were, and we'd play it. And we thought we were super high tech, right? And also, you know, cheating the, the phone company out of their money. And we thought we were so high tech. And I remember telling my mom, now this is back in the seventies. And I told my mom, I go, mom, there's going to be a day when we're going to be able to call whenever we want and we're going to be able to see each other. And oh no, it'll never, it'll never happen. Well, sure enough, in 2012, my husband and I went to Tahiti and my mom was still alive and she had a computer and I set her up with Skype and we Skyped her in from Tahiti and we talked, we talked to her. It was the most mind blowing thing to her. <laughs> and it was mind blowing to me too. I said, mom, I promised you 50 years ago, I promised you I would do this for you. And we did it. And so this sort of reminds me of that. Like we're right on the edge of something really that, you know, seems very foreign and I still have to struggle with exactly how, what this all means. But in a few years, this is just going to be, you can't imagine having a cell phone without a GPS system on it, right? Um, or a phone where you couldn't see somebody. It, this is going to become that. It's going to seem so natural and so such a part of what we do. And uh, I'm super excited that A, that you're doing it, B, that I get to know you and C, that you're taking the time to explain this to to our followers who want to get into the wine industry and they, you know, they don't see a path in. And I'm not necessarily saying this is the path, but it shows how anything could be a path. Like if you have inspiration, you can find your path. And, and I think that this is very, very cool. Thank you. Andrew. Well, well, thank you very much for, for having me as well. And mm -hmm. I, I think, um, I, I really, really think that you're, you're right, that this is going to change the industry. And, even with the the simple products that we're making now with the, the the wine NFTs, you should be able to see what a consumer's wine NFT experiences have been before they get there. And many wineries require you to call in so they can pre-qualify you and book you for a tasting before they let you make a reservation online. Why can't mm -hmm. somebody see all the wine NFT experiences that I've had online before I even get there? Why am I being screened, uh, you know, for for essentially no other reason but to pre-qualify me. And so I, I think that the opportunities are abundant, but we need to start very practically and, and very small. And so I think that's where, what we're doing today. Right. So just real quick in closing, any advice for our audience, whether it's to get into, you know, NFTs or, you know, the technology side of wine, but, you know, you, you, Grew up in Napa, you left for a while, went to Silicon Valley, and then came back, and now you're lighting the world on fire. Any advice for our audience that wants to get into the wine industry and finds technology maybe a, an avenue for them? Um, I think if, you know, I don't know if I'm, if I was going to share advice to anybody, I, I would encourage them to chase their dreams. I, I think 
if you're wine curious or Web3 curious or technology curious, uh, usually the best way to start is just get involved, um, whether it be networking, if you're a type A personality naturally, or if you're a type B personality, there's a million resources. There's so many people producing content that whatever your passions are, um, you could pursue them more today than ever because there's so many people working on uh, so many aspects of the wine industry. And um, I've I've been around wine for so long and, and that was where my passion came from. But I think there's so many opportunities to evolve the wine industry that I, I, I encourage anyone to just start and then the opportunities will present themselves. You just need to leap the, yeah. with, with some blind faith. Right. No, I, I think I think you're exactly right. Well, Andrew, boy, the future is bright, thanks to you. And it's very exciting for someone like myself to see all this evolution. Um, I think, thank you for your time. I think our audience, our very loyal following, um, I hope today, you know, I, you know, I always try to bring you guys new ideas about the wine industry that you might not have thought of. I, I think I, I think I, uh, I think I accomplished that today. <laughs> I think I introduced you to something you weren't expecting maybe. And, and I hope you, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you appreciate it and check out uh, Cuvée Collective and, and Andrew, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for joining, and I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams, so feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.